0: Could 2020 be a season without prospects? And we'll look into what that might mean for a pair of third basemen in the Keystone State. Like Duff and Taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I Is have that not been... had the uh, three cold brews yet. Got ahead of me on uh, my, my caffeine question. So glad, glad to know that there's been some a... caffeination. And you're like, I'm just glad three, I am not at
1: the two. dentist.
0: Fantasy in 15 on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball on 15 for Thursday, April 30th. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm joined by Michael Beller. And, uh, Michael, before we get into a couple of player profiles and a couple of uh, news items... Uh, ones that really affect fantasy a couple that maybe are less impactful we have yet another potential scheme here for regular season play a three division plan that's uh, geographically uh, organized and you'd have uh, teams just playing other teams in the division so uh the plans i'm sure will keep coming we won't even delve into it until that starts to take more shape an interesting uh, report from mark buckton of the taiwan times that manny ramirez who did play in uh, Taiwan back in 2013, he's interested in making a comeback in Taiwan. He's going to be turning 48 soon. So uh, there's already a lot of great reasons to watch uh, baseball in Taiwan. Uh, We've talked about that on previous episodes. Uh, We may have one more really good reason, which is to watch Manny Ramirez. But uh, let's go from uh, the nearly 48-year-old Ramirez to talking about Uh, Some prospects, Michael, a couple of pieces in The Athletic, one from uh, Rob Beertemple about the potential call-ups of Key Brian Hayes and Cole Tucker. I think we really anticipated seeing them probably within the first couple of months of the season. But um, Rob interviewed Ben Charrington, the the general manager of the Pirates, and he said that he can't even really make plans about prospect call-ups because we don't know the roster rules. that, That seems fair enough. Uh, And then also a piece from Cody Stavenhagen. Uh, He talked to the Tigers pitching coach, Rick Anderson, and he was a little bit more definitive that it looks like the way things are trending that we may see less of, or maybe not at all any of the three big uh, pitching prospects for the Tigers this season, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, and Tariq Skubal. So how does this uh, change things? If, uh, if at all, Um, do you think that we need to go back to thinking about, Uh, players that maybe we thought were going to be phased into lower leverage roles, uh, you know, and that maybe we won't see many big name prospects in 2020.
1: Yeah. The nice thing about this is that we won't be totally flying blind. If you do have like a draft or an auction ahead of you, you're going to, I think, pretty much know the lay of the land by the time you actually do that draft or auction. But right now, the way that I would think about it, and this is, you know, just my own informed speculation would be that, The guys who are already pretty close to the majors, I think that they're going to be there. I I mean, you know, Ben Charrington says you don't know necessarily what is going to happen with Cabrian Hayes, just as an example. I feel like a guy like Cabrian Hayes, who's pretty close to the majors already, who is probably going to be up relatively early, I think we see guys like that on whatever new opening day is or very close to whatever new opening day is because I don't think you want to let guys who are that close to the majors lose an entire year of playing competitive baseball. So I would think that those guys... I feel, I'm feel i going to feel pretty safe about playing in the majors this season. Guys who were maybe going to be later call-ups and were maybe going to be working the low-leverage roles who were starting out like double-A or lower and were maybe hoping for, you know, really strong minor league showing to get them to the majors. Those are the sorts of guys who I would you know, pretty much lose all hope for appearing in major league baseball this season. It just doesn't seem like there's going to be enough to get them to the league. There's so many moving parts already that if you're multiple steps away from the majors, it's hard to see a team forcing you into that spot this season.
0: Yeah. uh, You know, and the one thing that really, I think nobody understands yet how it's going to play out is uh, with conditioning. And again, particularly for players who are still developing, how much this missed time is going to affect them and if they will actually need more time. And I'm going to say in the minors, but again, that, you know, there may not be minor leagues. So there may, it may be Arizona Fall League. It may be some kind of uh, prospect league that's just set up specifically for the purpose of giving prospects uh, a chance to you know, get back uh, into uh, their, their development programs. So uh, that's obviously something that we'll need to pay attention to because it's going to have a lot of uh, collateral impacts. And another team that I, that I think we've got to think about in terms of whether or not a key prospect is going to come up or not is the Phillies, because I think we were expecting to see Alec Bohm sometime probably within the first couple of months of the season, had a good uh, spring training, uh, certainly seems to be uh, close to Major League ready. Uh, by the way, he was in the news recently. He is now a Scott Boris client. Uh, that certainly isn't going to affect his uh, call-up time or his fantasy value, but uh, I do think that we do need to think about the collateral impact that could be created uh, depending on when and if Alec Bohm arrives. So a Bohm call-up could have some downstream effects but first you want to kick that coffee habit but you're worried about your energy levels. To avoid the morning sluggishness and that midday slump you need to make sure you're hydrated. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a bucket packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. And getting back to Alec Bohm, that when we think about whether or not he's going to be up, I think that's going to impact Scott Kingery, Michael. I think that's going to, could potentially impact his value. Now, if you play in a league where uh, you only need a player to have played 10 games in 2019 to achieve um, position eligibility in 2020, Scott Kingery is going to be able to play second base for you. But if it's anything more than 10, he's only going to be eligible at third base and outfield. Uh, I think in a 15-team uh, eligibility scenario, he could play short. But he's not going to be able to play second base. And I think that's a, that's an important distinction because I looked at uh, his... Uh, projections and the bat projections are the most optimistic for kingery and using those projections he would rank 25th at third base in roto value but at second base he would rank 15th so is this something you think that um you know we should keep eyes on in terms of uh trying to project whether or not scott kingery is going to get that second base
1: eligibility for 2020 Oh, I think it has to be. I think uh, definitely that that could be something that pushes him over to second if, um, it, you know, if and when Boehm is uh, up with the, with the Phillies. Obviously, this is a team that uh, is pretty deep, though, uh, across the infield. With uh, Gene Segura, with the addition of Didi Gregorius, they're going to be able to mix and match uh, in the infield in Philadelphia, and that's going to to make things, I think, a little bit tougher, maybe for Scott Kingery, if Bohm does get the call. Those are things that we can't really answer right now. All we can answer, I think the best way to think about this, is simply to think about the player that Scott Kingery is going into the season, and I'm pretty excited about him, Al. 19 homers, 15 steals last year, and 500 plate appearances. Uh, Not a perfect player by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not sure if he'll ever reach the levels uh, that people hoped he would when he first came up. Uh, He's 26 years old with just about uh, two full seasons under his belt at the major league levels. So uh, there is sort of, and is what he is, a feeling to Scott Kingery. But there's nothing wrong. With a guy who maybe doesn't give you a ton in batting average, maybe doesn't give you a ton in OBP if that's the sort of league that you play in. I would like him a little bit better in in, a batting average league where I feel like he can be closer to league average than in an OBP league where I think he really is a drag on the rate. But he's going to give you, I think, plenty of power and speed. So uh, if you've already built a team that is going to be resilient to whatever rate category your league uses... Then I think there's plenty of value in Scott Kingery. If he ends up getting squeezed, uh, then you'll deal with that when it arrives. But uh, as we go into the season, uh, he's someone whose power-speed combo I think should be pretty attractive to pretty much every single fantasy owner.
0: Yeah, and you know we talked about Reese Hoskins a couple of episodes ago, and and uh, upon closer inspection, realized I was underrating him. I'm having the, the same experience with Kingery, so I guess I should probably just go through the whole Phillies roster. Yeah, you <laughs> they... hate the Phillies, man. <laughs> but I'm coming around and uh, you know, so I, I can't disagree with you. I don't think anybody would disagree with you that that power speed combo is a, a, an attractive thing. I know I got Kingry in at least one league uh, you know, just because he was somebody who was available relatively late, relatively cheaply who could, you know, give me that multi uh, category help. Um, I do want to go back to one thing we talked about before and, and fold this back into the, the question about whether or not Alec Boehm uh, comes up because you, uh, Kingery actually was slated at the point where uh, st- spring training got uh, got uh, shut off, shut down. Uh, he was actually slated to play second base with Gene Segura playing at third. So really, the longer that Kingery has that job to himself, uh, you know, the quicker he gets to those twenty games there. So that's a very that's something that just you could put on top of. Uh, the, the big gains that he made in 2019. He increased his average exit velocity on flies and liners by more than three miles an hour. So the, the power gains you saw on this in the counting stats were completely backed up and then some by more actual raw power. His uh, plate discipline, which you alluded to, Michael, um, it actually got better, a lot better. Um, he chased uh, paces, pitches outside of the zone at a much lower rate. And at the same time, he was swinging at pitches in the zone by uh, a rate he increased
1: by nearly 10 percentage points. uh, Which I love. I I love to see that. You and I have talked about that a few times. I love in-zone aggressiveness. The poster child for this is Freddie Freeman, who really unlocked his game when he became one of the most aggressive hitters when he saw a pitch inside the strike zone. I love that from a hitter, so I really like to see that with Kingery too.
0: Yeah. And I just, and one final note here on Kingery for me, which is that, you know, so we've talked about the advances he made in power and, and plate discipline. We've talked about the uh, advantage he gets if he plays 20 games at, at second base and that advantage, again, a, a 10 slot increase, moving him from third base to second base in terms of uh, projected roto rankings, the projections I, that was based on the most optimistic one I could find on the Fangraph site. Um I think all of the projections sell Kingery short. They don't give him credit for being a good hitter on balls and play. Uh, he's been a consistently very good hitter uh, in terms of line drive rate. And they don't think. I don't think they really give him enough credit for those advances in power that he made last year. And that, again, we say this all the time, but projections are by definition sort of conservative. They split the difference between bad seasons and good seasons. But this is somebody who's at the age where I think you can take those improvements a lot more seriously.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly, I think, uh, especially with what we saw from him last year and the gains that were so obvious from 2018, that we should be leaning more into the good side of his projections than the bad.
0: Yeah, so we're in, in agreement there, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I have to go, move on to, uh, I don't know, maybe Gene Segura next, or, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't you know... Uh, Nick, Pavetta. Nick how Pavetta, how about him? There you go, well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I seem to be higher than most on Pavetta. Uh, Oof. I, they're tempting fate <laughs> with that one. <laughs> Maybe for a future episode, then. Actually, let's uh, let's take the Pennsylvania Turnpike west over to Pittsburgh, and uh, I'll admit I I had some some second thoughts about even doing a player profile on Colin Moran. You know, certainly partly because I think we're all kind of seeing him halfway out the door with Key Brian Hayes uh, arriving in just a matter of time. But, you know, again, with the Rob uh, Beer Temple uh, report, maybe that's later than we think it's going to be. But then even if you don't take that into account, it's not like Moran has really been a big factor in fantasy. I was surprised in looking at his stats that he drove in 80 runs last year. Uh I don't know if that's something you know top of mind. It's not something I knew. And and I kind of did a double take when I saw that. Uh now I don't expect a, a repeat of that, even if we were doing a full season. He hit something like 320 or 330 with runners in scoring position. Uh I don't know if he's quite that clutch. But uh there there were some uh some intriguing things there with Moran too, that I overlooked. He too, not to the same degree as Kingery, but he too increased his average uh, exit velocity on flies and liners uh, by about a mile an hour, which is again, not dramatic, but also not nothing. Uh, His plate discipline didn't get better. It actually got a lot worse. So maybe that's another reason to not be uh, looking to Colin Moran to, to do much this year. But he had a pretty good first half with decent power and ISO around 190. Um, you know, he hits for average. He too is a good line drive hitter. Uh, and I just wonder if context will help Colin Moran here. If Brian Hayes doesn't come up this year or doesn't come up early, and with the absence of Starling Marte, I think there's a chance Moran maybe could bat third in that, that Pirates order. So you think, is that is that enough there to maybe put him a little bit more on our radar?
1: Mm. I mean, I think that if, if what we uh, learn from, from Rob's report ends up coming to fruition and that Hayes does end up uh, you know, not getting any major league time this year, then we could see Moran be you know, somewhat more interesting. But I just think there's so little to like from a fantasy perspective in the game that I'm not sure that there's going to be a ton of value in him, and again, I sort of fade the idea that Brian Hayes is just going to sit out this entire season. I think that the Pirates are going to have every incentive to get him to the majors. I think that uh, the, the most value that Colin Moran could bring is, you know, let's say Hayes does get to the majors, maybe they look to move Moran and whatever sort of uh, trade environment we're going to have in the 2020 season. And I think him getting to another team from a fantasy perspective could be his best bet for consistent, you know, day in day out regular value. Uh, that's really where I would be. Looking for him. I guess I do like the batting average. Um, yeah, it seems like it's something that is bettable after two straight seasons of a 277 batting average. You got to feel uh, relatively good about that. He has his charm, certainly. He'll hit for a little bit of power 13 homers last year, 11 the season before that. Uh, but for me, this is really a, a deep league corner infield guy and not a whole lot else. And uh, again, I think this is it's good to talk about because we're going to have a lot of focus. On prospects as a 2020 plan comes, you know, more uh, into the realms of reality that we might be seeing it. Uh, so I think that we need to consider the prospects who could be in the majors and the guys who could be effective or affected by that. And certainly, Colin Moran falls into that pile. I think we should be talking about those sorts of players. But for this one, I think it's going to end up coming down in favor of the prospect, to Brian Hayes, rather than the guy who is. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, blocking him for lack of a better term, Colin Moran.
0: Yeah, well, um, and let me just finish a couple of uh, unfinished thoughts uh, about that whole situation, because I had started to explain that uh, in the first half last year, he actually had decent power. He did not in the second half, but the underlying uh, exit velocity, fly ball rate, all that stayed pretty much steady. So uh, I could not find a reason to explain the drop off in in power and just generally the drop off in production from uh, Comeran in the second half. So, you know, if nothing else, I think you can look at him as a a deep league sleeper who may be better than the 2019 stats would indicate. And also um, just to go back to Rob's report he was not really definitive or to be more specific, Ben Charrington was not really definitive uh, about what they plan to do with key Brian Hayes. It's more just that they don't really know how to plan for, for prospect cops at this point. So at least it opens up the possibility that maybe we don't see key Brian Hayes as much as we did, but as Michael, as you, you know, intimated, uh, it could play out exactly the way that we were expecting. And then this is all, you know, maybe just a moot conversation, but um, Let's uh, go back to the uh, Cody Stavenhagen piece because uh, we're gonna make that our featured read for today. He, it's really uh, interesting because it really gets into the uh, really the organizational thinking about what to do about these pitching prospects, um, and of course they have so many good ones. So uh, check that out. It's what might a shortened season mean for the Tigers' pitching prospects by Cody Stevenhagen on The Athletic. Uh, that is our featured read for today. And that means it's time for us to sign off on this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off of your subscription just by going to theathletic.com slash baseball in 15, or give The Athletic a try by doing our 90-day free trial. But whichever way you go with it, everything that we do will be a part of your subscription. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we always appreciate it when you do take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back here on Friday.